Hi, Laura. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Laura. Two bitches, yeah. Two bitches, two bitches just watching TV. <laughs> bitch. What is up? Hello. Welcome to Bitch Watch. I hope it's comfortable wherever you are. I am currently freezing at my desk because... It's always cold upstairs now. Oh my god. Get a heated blanket. That's what I've got wrapped up in right now. Yeah, I need to get another one. My last one, I think, like, shorted out or something. But ah. it was doing the thing where you would turn it on and it would work for about 30 minutes or so. And then the light on the remote would flash. And it wouldn't, oh, weird. And it wouldn't work again until you unplugged it and plugged it back in. But then it would get in for only, like, 30 minutes. I've done that to heating pads. Many a heating pad because yeah. of pain so i use them constantly and so yeah yeah i get what you're i get what you're saying there but no mine's still going strong my husband was afraid it was a fire hazard so he told me not to use it anymore no it's fine so i'm gonna get a new one this year gotcha yeah i i actually invested and by me invested i mean i did not invest my grandparents invested uh got a nice like 80 dollar one off amazon and it's still growing strong two winners in a row baby nice but yeah i have one and the tanner has one they're really nice very nice, very warm, very warm. So Witsy and I were just sitting here and I was like, hey, let's talk about what our plans for fall are. Even if you don't have plans, what do you want your plans to be? And I open the floor to you, my friend. Well, besides, I'll just say having a lot of work. The only thing I'm doing outside of that besides our podcast is I'm watching football in my free time. Nice. If you follow me on Twitter, which you all should, everyone, mm. unless you really hate football, then wait till like February to follow me. And then mute me during football season. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or Harry Styles season. Oof, that's every day, baby. That's every day, bro. I was going to say I'm a huge Green Bay Packers fan. Go Pack Go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And currently right now we're 6-1. We're and one. At the time of us recording, we have a short week. So they're playing on a Thursday after just playing this past Sunday. So they've got two games this week. And they're going up against an undefeated team. So we'll see what happens. Shoot. I really want to get a jersey this year and I've decided I mm-hmm. want to get a women's cut jersey versus a unisex or a men's cut jersey because I went into a sports fan shop in the mall a couple years ago mm-hmm. during Christmas time and I walked in and of course it's only men standing in there and they're like yeah. what are you looking for sweetheart and I was like for the Green Bay stuff I found it. and they're like oh your boyfriend likes Green Bay and I've been pissed about it ever since and that was three years ago holy crap what an asshole I really wanted <laughs> to say no my fiance doesn't give a shit about sports it's me, but I didn't. I was just like, ha, no. And I I would have been. I didn't buy anything from them. And I think about it mm-hmm. quite constantly. So I'm like, well, if I get a man's jersey, it's going to look like I'm just wearing my husband's jersey. I don't think so. Because like, I mean, I'm wearing a team liquid shirt because those are my boys in esports. Um, And it's unisexy. Actually, I don't know if this one's unisexy. This one might be actually the women's cut that they released. I don't know. Their merch is baller. It's a long, it's the long sleeve shirt if you look it up and it's got team liquid on the side. Liquid, liquid. Oh, down the sleeves, yeah. Yeah. And I love that that style and then it's got the team liquid logo the trojan horse looking thing on the titty (laughs) i think we live in a day and age where people can like things that's something nice that i okay i'm not trying to be like one of those pick me bitches that's always like well i've liked video games on my i like video games but you know what i'm saying yeah and i i'm not a casual gamer which there's nothing wrong with that i'm not discriminating against that because you're a casual i'm more of a casual game i mean when i like a game i'm all in but i'm not like oh this game just came out i want to play this or no you're not out here running spam leveling new world you're not trying to reach gold 
in Flex Q and League. You're not no. you're not watching Worlds, that kind of thing. And so, but I've always been a very competitive person. I started with like TF2 was my first first person shooter that I really got competitive into, and I made it a point that I had to be in like the top five on the board by the time the night was over. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, what's the point? But anyways, as I've grown older, and I don't know if it's just the circles I've run in, I don't know what the deal is, but it, it's not a thing anymore where it's like, oh, that's a girl. Oh my god, you're a girl and you play video games? Yeah. Like, it used to be very prevalent when I was a teenager, but it's not that way anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it maybe just because I actually found people worth a shit to hang out with, but and, like, I mean, even the Discord I'm in with a lot of my friends, they have multiple girls that are in there and they're super cool, so it's not a big deal, which is really nice, but. So, speaking, if we're gonna talk sports in a couple weeks, um, it may, I don't know when this episode's gonna go up, <laughs> so <laughs> may have come and passed but I am having actually a party for Worlds at my house and my friends are going to come up and stay and we're going to get up at 7am and watch Worlds and party and it's going to be a lot of fun I don't know the standings right now I'm not going to lie I kind of lost track because I've been knee deep in New World but I'm hoping my boys damn one gaming make it to Worlds like actually like play in the finals I think that'd be really great to see them win again and yeah just I hope I hope they're good. Also, I mean, Faker's in the running right now, so I don't know where he'll end up. You don't know anything about Faker? He's known as the Demon King. I don't know anything about any of the things you're saying. <laughs> I, this is me with the football man thing. I heard now. you say party. We're waking up at 7 a.m. and my mind went, nah, that ain't no party. <laughs> Dude, we were up at like 4 a.m. last year. Because it takes place in a different country every I understand. year. I understand. Yeah. Right now, this year is in Iceland. So. Yeah. Yeah, and so I'm excited because it's at my house. Because normally we go over to my friend's house, but they said that they would come up, so... That's gonna be real fun. And they're bring my son, who I call my son, uh, he's bringing his husky winter. And I'm super excited to meet her. My grandchild. So anyways, yeah, it's gonna be fun. We're gonna hang out, stay up, or sleep. I don't know. It, it really depends. It really doesn't matter. It's catch as catch can and we make a big old pot of coffee and it's gonna be a great time. And I'm excited to watch either way. I love how we were talking about like, what are we doing for fall? And we just talk about two exclusive like sports events that aren't quite related to fall. <laughs> Football season and fall are unanimous. Like, they go hand in hand, so. Okay. Yeah, Worlds is also fall. So, yeah, I guess. All right, let's get pitter pattern. Yeah, so we started season three of Gilmore Girls, and I made this note that this was the first stint where I was upset that I had to stop watching. Same, especially since Netflix, because it autoplays, mm-hmm. and it goes right into the next episode, and it picks up right where the last one left oh, off. I was quick to close. I was quick to close, because I knew if it started, I'd just be like, well, I'll just watch a little bit. Or... Yeah. I stopped. I stopped. Yeah, no. So, but yeah, this was the first thing where I was like, oh God, like, I feel like season three is where the show really got its footing. And it's not the first two seasons are bad, but it's so much more interesting to watch because there's more actually happening with the main characters. Yeah, it just found its groove. And so it just kind of settled in and feels very natural. Episode one, those lazy, hazy, crazy days of summer. It's actually, there's no summer on that episode title but you know what i couldn't stop as soon as i heard them like start singing in that loop my brain immediately clocked it as white noise and did not hear what they were saying really because i made a note i'm not even gonna wait when lorelei comes back to town that night Mm -hmm. it's still going yeah it is (laughs) 
And I was like, holy crap, these guys. I love the season opener, this episode opener. I made a note that it fooled me so hard when I watched Gilmore Girls for the first time. I knew it was coming this time, so it didn't. As soon as all the alarm clocks went off, I was like, oh yeah, this, I love this way too much. But Lorelai wakes up in bed because there's an alarm clock going and then another one and then another one and she's in a room surrounded with alarm clocks and they're all going. So she gets out of bed and she's in this cute little pink nightie and she's like, you know, I know when I said, make sure I got up, I didn't mean to go to this far extreme, you know, ha ha ha. And she goes downstairs where Luke is cooking her breakfast in her kitchen and, Mm -hmm. you know, he's talking about how he's got to cook because he's got a diner to run and she needs coffee and she knows he's trying to switch out her coffee to decaf and then she finds her actual (laughs) coffee and huffs it. (laughs) And then he kisses her and then he leans down and kisses her belly and says goodbye to the twins. To Sid and Nancy. And then she corrects on to... Something. Some some Shakespearean names. Can you imagine naming your twin children Sid and Nancy? No, absolutely not. But then he kisses her again and says, have a good day. And they're like very, very sweetsy. And then she actually wakes up in bed and is like, oh God. And I'm like, I love this dream too much. That's like when I wake up from my dreams about MGK (laughs) and Timothy Chalamet. It makes me very, very sad. Like I said, she wakes up in a panic because of the dream. And then so she calls Rory, who is in Washington, D.C. And we find out that it's the end of her six week stint there. So the story has only jumped ahead about six weeks. And Rory and Paris are sharing a room and Paris is talking about historical figures in her sleep and is according to Rory having debates with herself in her dreams. And after Rory talks Lorelai down after this dream, you know, she does a whole like dream analysis thing and they ultimately rule she's still upset about Christopher. And she gets off the phone with Lorelai and she goes over to her desk and we see that she's received a bunch of letters from Dean throughout the summer but we see that she's trying to write a letter to Jess. All it says is Jess. So we get the vibe that she's she still doesn't know what to say to him after Rush kissing him at Suki's wedding. Mm-hmm. So she comes back from Washington and I thought it was super slick because Lorelai lies to Emily and says, oh, she doesn't get back till Saturday. Mm-hmm. So Rory can have a quiet night back with Dean before she has to deal with Friday night dinner and all of her real life responsibilities. Lorelai's a real one. Yeah. The day she gets back is the day of the first annual Stars Hollow End of Summer Madness Festival. Lorelai and Rory are walking through the festival and and Rory happens to look over and sees that Jess is making out with some blonde. And I mean, they are going at it, playing tonsil hockey up against Her the name tree. Is Shane. So yeah, she gets annoyed with Jess's very public display of affection. Uh-huh. And Lorelai rips into her about how she needs to make up her mind because all she's doing is dragging Dean along. And Dean's too good of a guy for that. And I went, mm, see the list <laughs> we made last episode. <laughs> They kind of get into it and they're yelling basically in the middle of the town square. And I'm like, ladies, there is a better place for this. Well, they were fighting in the middle of an office party last time. So I know, I mean, but uh... Babette and Patty weren't there. Okay, that's a good point. Babette and Patty, everyone gonna know what's up. As they're kind of wrapping up their argument, Dean walks up and uh, he says that, you know, he got an earlier flight and was able to come home sooner. Rory comes to the conclusion, you know what? Lorelai was right because she always is. And, you know, Jess has moved on to a different girl. So I'm going to just refocus my attention on Dean. 
because that's where it should have been the whole time. And as this episode is kind of unfolding, we see that Suki and Jackson are settling into their newlywed life. And Suki is being beyond extra of wanting to make Jackson happy, even though he likes the way her their house is now. It was her house before the wedding, but he moved in with her. She feels the need to make it more masculine. More masculine. Which, let's be honest, Jackson gives me big bye guy vibes. <laughs> he would said he was like, I like the florals because I'm so gay. Like, he was like, I'm so gay. Like, didn't you know? I'm this the produce guy. Yeah. <laughs> Suki goes absolutely crazy and like paints the front room blue and starts filling it with like all these taxidermy animals and horns and pictures of quote manly things and it's ridiculous. And at one point later in the episode, we see as the two of them are wheeling out this bear uh, because Jackson's losing his mind having them in there. And more arguments are kind of happening throughout this episode. So like I mentioned earlier, Lorelai and Rory arguing about the whole Jess versus Dean thing. Emily and Richard start arguing kind of with each other and then also towards Lorelai because Lorelai drops the Christopher Sherry baby bomb and they of course try to point the finger at Lorelai that she's the reason that they didn't make it work and Lorelai has to be like ah no he got his girlfriend pregnant peace and they still blame it on her yeah like what did she take and insert his penis into her cooter and say no no condom necessary sir what yeah maybe she did do that i was gonna say she jerked him into a turkey baster and then immediately shoved it up in the sherry my mother-in-law listens to this show <laughs> that's what i was like i was like i can't actually say no that. i'm gonna keep that in <laughs> hi <laughs> <Don't> laura <laughs> sorry laura <laughs> like i don't know what richard and emily want from lorelei that's my thing. I even wrote down Lorelai needs to make a boundary that if this is what it's going to be like, dinners are off. Mm-hmm. That's my boundary. If you want me here, you're not allowed to attack me. Yeah. And my personal life decisions that you have no control over and things that I also cannot control. There's no reason in her being a 30 something year old adult. This is why in therapy, you work on boundaries. <laughs> Yeah. If you aren't good at making boundaries, make a boundary. We also very briefly, I have to mention it because I know it comes into play later. Um, at the very beginning of the episode, while they're still in D.C., Rory helps Paris get ready for a date with an older boy uh, from Princeton. But she can overlook that. Yeah, she can overlook the fact that he's a Princeton boy. His name is Jamie. And there's a moment where while Paris is getting ready and she knows that Jamie's like, I think it's right after Jamie knocks on the door, she begs Rory to go hide in a closet and because Rory looks dateable. And Rory's like, he's seen me all summer how do I look dateable like Paris you need to calm down and she's like he's never seen you at date time and like run in her mouth and I made a note Jesus Christ I'm sure Jamie can hear Paris through the door also I think in this episode is when we get the first dirty from Lorelai I think so Ooh, dirty it comes one of her like catchphrases that and kinky which she dropped in this then as well but I didn't make a note of that and then at the very very end after Lorelai leaves a hellacious night at her parents house she goes into town and finally breaks her silence really breaks her silence to Luke she busts up in his diner even though it's closed she pours her own cup of coffee she introduces herself as Mimi mm-hmm. and says we don't have to talk but immediately just starts like ranting like going through all the stuff that's just happened to her and how upset she is because she wants the whole package she feels like she's been so close twice now and she screwed it up with Max and now the universe screwed it up with Christopher and she's just so very upset about the circumstances of her life currently Luke just lets her get it out you know mm-hmm. and then tells her you know you'll find it just trust me I know and I'm like looking at them I'm like I know because it's you two it's you two right I'm like girl you're just going for the wrong freaking dude bro. yeah and my note is luke is an actual saint but at the same time you know he's a little bit reveling in the fact that christopher knocked up sherry yeah he is i would be too i'd be laughing my ass off well he's not gonna do that in front of lorelei but oh no but he does that after she leaves yeah in the shower yeah yeah 
Episode 2, Haunted Leg. Great, great name for an episode, by the way. The episode opens with Lorelai and Rory at Luke's, because where else would they be? And they're getting breakfast, but Lorelai is sick and she's sneezing and she says that she has a cold and so she orders soup for breakfast, which was pretty good. (laughs) And mashed potatoes, which, okay, sure. And then Luke gets all pissy because last time she only ate the noodles out of the chicken noodle soup and he told her to eat the damn carrots because she needs her strength to get over this cold. And my note was in all caps, stay home if you're sick for fuck's sake. (laughs) Because I was honestly triggered. (laughs) I don't know. That might knock her down to the B tier for me this time around. I don't know. It's not staying home when she's sick. Also, we fast forward to later and Lorelai is working in the inn and there is a mouse running amok. So there's a lot of banter between her and Michelle trying to catch this mouse that's scurrying about. But while they're working on that, Kirk comes in. And hand delivers some of Suki's wedding photos. And Lorelai's like, I'll take them to her. And he doesn't want to let go. And she's like, how about I like call her and then have her talk to you? And then I can take them. He's like, no, it's fine here. And then he sits her down on the couch and... says, Lorelai, we've known each other for a very long time and most of our interactions have been pleasant. (laughs) Like, as if this is grounds for what he's about to ask. And she's like, okay, Kirk, where's this going? And Kirk asks Lorelai out on a date. In two weeks after her cold is gone. Yeah, because that's enough time for the virus to run its course. My note goes here and it's all in all caps. And it says, Kirk is an angel and must be protected at all costs. What the heck? That was your thought on that that scenario? The The man lives with his mother. I know, but here's the thing. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. So I made that note at the very top as soon as he asks her out. Throughout the entire episode, Lorelai, Rory, and Luke all make fun of this man yeah. behind his back. Yeah. Rory brings up he lives with his mother, but she won't let him have a house key. Yes. Luke, when he says, hey, I heard you have dinner plans with Kirk. Lorelai says, how do you know? And he's like, oh, he was in here telling me about it. She's like, he was talking to you about it? He's like, actually, he asked me for advice. Yeah. So Luke is the like mean jock that pushes the nerd to ask out the hot girl like it's funny to him. Oh my that's God. exactly what happened here. No. Okay, here's the thing. I don't think that's what went down. I think Kirk is kind of like that stupid dog that you just don't know how to deal with. Yeah, I got one of those. His name is Chance. <laughs> that's a bad way to put it. Hold on. That came out of my mouth and I felt like an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Kirk is... Whenever he wants to do something, he seems like the kind of guy that no matter what you say to him, he's going to do it. So I think Luke may have genuinely tried to help him in in whatever way he could. He wasn't like, oh, you should ask out Lorelai for funsies. Mm -hmm. Kirk came to him. But what I thought was hilarious was that Luke said that they agreed Lorelai talked too much, but nothing can shut a woman up like some good old lovemaking, (laughs) if you know what I'm saying. I laughed out loud there, but the next sentence he said was, yeah, when I said that it was a good idea, he actually got an expression on his face <laughs> not like a great expression just an expression so you just have to imagine kirk's just walking around just unabombering it up all over the he town he is he always <laughs> is he always is it's just i love kirk so i much. know but you wouldn't want to go out with him either Hold on, do you want to smash Kirk? Because if so, we need to talk. I'm actually very attracted to Sean Gunn now, outside of Gilmore Girls. Okay. Have you not seen him on, like, the sets of Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, he's not my thing. And he's in the second Guardians, like. Yeah, he is. You're right, he is. Yeah, no, he's still not my thing. His head's too big. I mean, I would go, I would go into dinner with him. His chest, he's got, he's got that uh, condition where his chest is concave. Mm, gotcha. So I, I would be afraid 
physically we wouldn't be compatible. Just wash that man like a bug. But I'd go to dinner with him. Okay. But maybe not like this season, Kirk. No, yeah. But yeah, but I'm saying. But just dinner. You could tolerate just dinner. He asked if she was allergic to tuna. It's a considerate question. It's tuna on a first date. He could have been referring to sushi. Okay, listen. <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> you dumb bitch. He was going to take her to Hartford to get her some fancy sushi. Man, yeah. Best case. Most likely, realistically, he was going to have his mama make some tuna fish sandwich. Or tuna helper. Oh. And he was going to feed her that in the gazebo with his fingies. Yeah. <laughs> Tuna noodle casserole. He was gonna feed her tuna noodle casserole to his fingies in the gazebo. But yeah, I just, I feel bad that the whole episode, everyone's just like ripping into him and making fun of him. Yeah. I get that he lives with his mother, but it also sounds like his mother has health issues because he mentioned that her knees get swollen. That he has to cut holes in her in the knees of her pants? So she could sit down. So he may be there as a caregiver. Yeah. But she also doesn't let him have a house key, so. Or a car later on when <laughs> Jess gets his car. I wish my mom would let me have a car. I wish my mom would let me have a car like that. It's a 360 no scope zoom zoom zoomer. He's like, he even like quietly he's like, or my roller skates back. Right? You're a grown ass man, Kirk. Go buy one. There's something weird going on in that situation. I love it. Lorelai, of course, taken aback by this offer, has to wait to accept. And she just says, let me think on it, Kirk, and I'll get back to you. Spoiler, she does not go to dinner with Kirk, as we have previously talked about. Now, Lorelai. Lorelai and Emily end up meeting up for lunch at Luke's, I believe. And it doesn't go over great because, again, Emily is still on her bullshit about Christopher. Because Emily drops as she freaking called Christopher. Yes, she does. You were talking about Lorelai overstepping her boundaries with Dean. Bruh, this is a whole other level. <laughs> yeah, spoiler, ends badly. Lorelai barges out. Then at the next Friday night dinner, Richard's gone and it's just Rory, Lorelai, and Emily. And Christopher decides he's just gonna show up for funsies. God. And demand that Lorelai talk to him because she's been screening his calls and so has Rory because Rory's just as pissed as Lorelai is because that's not fair. And he accuses Lorelai of making Rory not be able to communicate with him. What she says that is BS. I've always allowed her to talk to you. And Rory ends up coming in and saying, this is some bullshit. I don't want to talk to you because you treated my mother badly. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be upstairs. Let me know when it's gone. Finally, after a screaming match, Lorelai telling Christopher this hurts. Hurts to talk to you. It hurts to see you with this other woman and having a child with her and being supportive and being there. It's just hurting me. This is why I don't want to talk to you. And Christopher, just all kinds of accusations. Emily tells him to get the hell out of her house. I think it's time for you to go. Now, Christopher. And she's just standing there. And I was like, good for her. Good for Rory. Standing up for Lorelai. Finally, someone is. Like, bruh, Jesus. I know she can stand up for herself, but sometimes you just need someone to have your back. Yeah, and I thought it was really interesting. And of course, on a show like Gilmore Girls, it's going to happen this way way. Mm -hmm. Yes, it, Richard's been the one that made the money. Richard's the reason that they're rich besides, you know, Trix's money as well. But we always get the vibe that Emily married into the money. Mm -hmm. But in that house, she is the matriarch. That's her house. Those, you know, mm -hmm. you, you don't come attacking her or her family on her grounds. Oh. On a show like Gilmore Girls, of course she's going to have that power and authority. But mm -hmm. it was just really dynamic to see in an episode or at least a moment where Richard's out on business and she's still, she owns that house. Yeah, she took control of the situation. Situation. And Christopher bowed down. Yeah, and even Lorelai after she 
and yells at him to get the hell out of her house. She's like, give it time. Like, I just need time. So yeah, that happens, which is great. Then Rory ends up running into Jess and they each say that they have hurt feelings because Rory can't believe that Jess is with that girl. And Jess says, well, you never wrote me. So what was I supposed to do all summer? Apparently Shane. I really hate how much Rory hates Shane. Because it's not her fault. Shane's done nothing wrong here. No, it's very catty. Misdirected anger. But Mm. hey, listen, she didn't do anything wrong, bro. She doesn't even know your situation with him. Jess and Shane don't even really like each other. They just like hook up. Like it's even Jess says that later on. This is also the episode where we get the return of Francie, who's pissed because Paris is acting like a dictator. She doesn't want Paris to act like a dictator and she wants more influence, even though she's just the senior student body president. But Paris is like the only overall student body president yeah i was a little confused right so she's the student body like she's like the student council president mm-hmm. over everyone mm-hmm. and francie's just the senior class president yeah and it's just some bs teen girl politics whatever yeah who cares this doesn't really amount to anything oh i will just say though like it takes a lot for me to be like physically like moved while i'm watching something mm-hmm. when christopher busts into that dining room I was literally taken aback in my chair. Like, I was like, oh, God, like, it frightened me. I don't know if it's because of the, I'm sure it was very intentional, the change of energy where you're having a female-led dinner and then all of a sudden you're having the male interrupt. It was written to be very disruptive. Jarring. And boy, did it work. Like I said, it, like, physically, like, me back a little bit. Christopher, I just, I just want to beat Christopher's ass. It's the same thing with Dean. I just want to beat his ass, you know? I agree with those sentiments, but it meant different meanings. <laughs> okay. I don't have to explain. No, you don't. <laughs> This is a family show. Hello, Laura. Sorry, Laura. Yeah, I just, I feel like neither of those boys have gotten their ass properly beaten. So episode three, application anxiety. This is a big old filler. Oh my gosh. I was literally about to say this was kind of a filler. I don't have any notes. Nothing. No one, no one cared. Rory's application for Harvard arrives. (laughs) Womp womp. And it sends Rory, Lorelai, and Emily into a frenzy. Emily starts quoting statistics from college application magazines. That's a thing, apparently. Rich people Whatever. shit. Rich white people shit. <laughs> yeah. And Lorelai's like, well, my daughter's special. Ever, You know, she's totally going to get in. Hmm. They end up having a seminar at Chilton and they have someone from Princeton come and talk. And then they have like an Ivy League application advisor, basically, talk during the seminar. And Rory previously tells Dean that she's not worried about her application because she's totally got her essay topic down. She's going to write on Hillary Clinton. And during the seminar, the guy from Princeton's like, if I read one more essay on Hillary Clinton, you know, I'll be sick or whatever. Yeah. Rory immediately goes into panic mode. Like, you see her at the table start melting down like, oh, no. Mm -hmm. And then one of the experts mentions something over eager. I don't remember the specific word, but basically it's the first word that when you think Paris, you think this. Mm -hmm. Overzealous. Yeah. And Paris starts melting down and it just these two were going crazy the whole episode of just you know what do we do what do we do how how do we do this and we've got to get in Lorelai gets the bright idea to talk to headmaster Charleston he advises her to schedule a lunch with a Harvard alumnus and his family which may help her chances of acceptance so she gets the number for this guy his name is something Springsteen and it was funny because it was like oh maybe Bruce is his brother no absolutely way in hell (laughs) that was some Stepford Wives shit happening in that house yeah this dude is wired than white and um they go to this guy's house and they're having lunch with this whole family and the dad starts like running through like pop quizzes at the table yes who did this what 
Shakespeare work did this show in? You know, blah, 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 blah. It just was like ridiculous. You find out briefly about this family that does not matter that they have another daughter who's on her own path. And Rory ends up meeting her and like they have a conversation, a brief conversation about how your life has to be your life, not what your parents expect of you. And Rory's like, no, my mom's great. She just wants what I want and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. After this creepy white people lunch. I uh, thought someone for sure was going to get murdered. I'll tell you what, I think they made a movie about these people and it's called Get Out. After they get back from this lunch, Dean kind of drops the big bombshell on Rory of, well, what happens when you go off to That college? was a blind, I was blindsided by that sucker. He just kind of like drops it on her. What happens when you go to college? Because I'm going to junior college and I have to stay here because I can't afford a dorm. And he was all over the place and she was like, I just Dude, ate dinner. Like, <laughs> I just ate lunch and like we have plenty of time. Weekends. Weekends are made for that. She's like, dude, come on. So there's a plot B of this episode where Taylor wants to open. I didn't remember it happening so early, but yeah. Taylor wants to open a old school soda shop with a second P and an E right next to the diner. So within Luke's building, because remember Luke just bought that entire building. Yep. He tries to approach just Luke about it. Luke immediately vetoes it, says absolutely not, you're not doing this. Mm -hmm. And then he brings it up at a town meeting and it gets voted in. Yeah. Because, you know, a soda shop is as important as a Civil War hospital. Lorelai says, well, look at it this way. You get to be Taylor's landlord. (laughs) And Taylor was overjoyed. Teeny tiny little thing. Also in this episode, Lane places an ad in the paper for a band because she's been practicing her drumming in private and she thinks it's time to join a band. She ends up meeting Dave. Yes. I forgot how cute Dave was. Oh, I do have one note because I think what happened is I like we said this episode was so filler that I made this note and then I started making other notes that were definitely about the next episode so I was like oh maybe I just didn't make any notes about this episode but uh-huh. I did and this was oh this was supposed to be Lane's husband I feel like it should have been Lane's husband he got another show I know but and so it had to be written out um but that's why like he's so like perfect textbook perfect for her is because they were supposed to be married so she finds this band and everything's gonna be great that's basically it yeah things happened it's kind of boring whatever here we go We'll be right back after a quick break. Mom, Dad, all my friends are going to the Fallout Bullet concert without me. I hope you're happy. I hate you both. Man, Will Smith was right. Parents just don't understand. I mean, seriously, why? Why do they always kick me when I'm high? Did somebody say pop punk? <clears throat> no. Where did you come from? What's all this smoke? Hey there, Billy. It's me, Blink Stinkson. I'm your pop punk fairy godmother. I visit all depressed teens who get grounded and want revenge on their parents. What's this I hear about a Fallout Boy concert? I was supposed to go, but they sent out report cards a week early. I got a D in English. So stupid. When am I ever going to use English? Parents fucking grounded eye. Assholes. Well, that sucks. Want me to tell you how to get back at them? First things first, you gotta frost those tips. Don't bleach all your hair, just the top part. And really get a good glop of hair gel on your hands and just push that shit straight up as high as it goes. What about piercings or a tattoo? That would probably piss them off. Whoa there, Billy. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. After the hair, you gotta get some band tees. It's gotta be bands you've never heard before, but the logo looks cool and edgy. Also, get some wrist cuffs. You can never have too many wrist cuffs. Just, like, stack them up along your arms and shit. Are you writing this down? Most of the stuff you can get at Hot Topic, but don't tell people you can get them at Hot Topic. Say you got them at like a merch table somewhere or something, at a venue no one's heard of. If anyone questions you, just call them a poser. Man, this is good shit. What else? All right, this is going to sound weird, but you're going to need some makeup. You got to get that guy liner and really darken those eyes. Don't forget to add black eyeshadow under them so it looks like you haven't slept in a week. It's a super hot look. Next, we get to the piercings. Right, like in my ear or something. Also, does that shit hurt? Not your ears, Billy. You're gonna need a lip piercing. And good news, they make fake ones you can wear so you don't actually have to get pierced. 
I'm pretty sure they're a hot topic too. We'll start there and work our way up to eyebrow piercings. That's some next level shit though. Like if you want a new PlayStation or something. Okay, what about tattoos? This is the best part. You know how tattoos involve needles and take a long time and can be super painful? Sharpie tattoos! That's right, just write poetry and shit on your arms and permanent marker. All the girls will think you're deep and sensitive. Also, your parents will absolutely hate it. Man, this is really great, Blake. I don't know how I can thank you. You can thank me, Billy, by going to rotrpodcast.com and listening to Rippin' on the Rock, a rock and roll podcast. Brand new series, Pop Punk the Yachts. They're doing all the great pop bands from 2000 to 2009. Really? That's fucking awesome. What day does it come out? New episodes come out every Wednesday, and you can follow their Twitter at ROTR underscore podcast for news and show updates. It's going to be fucking awesome. All right, now let's get you at a hot topic. Also, my van is double parked, so we need to hurry. Episode four. One's got class and the other one dies. D-Y-E-S die. Lorelai gets a call. Well, technically Rory gets a call and then passes it on to Lorelai from Deb, a former classmate's mother from Stars Hollow High, who wants her to come and speak at Stars Hollow High about her business experience and how she runs the inn. Kind of a career day thing. And she also ropes Luke into doing this, which Luke tries to back out adamantly. He's like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go back to school. This is stupid. I agreed by coercion. You came yeah. to my diner and started speaking baby talk and wouldn't stop until I And agreed. then she started, <laughs> then she threatened to talk in her Louis Armstrong voice, which is oh, ten gosh. times worse than her baby talk. He eventually yeah. does come with her and she convinces him to actually put on a, like a, a dress shirt and take his hat off and he looks real spiffy. But what I made a note of was, is that Jess, even though he was hiding a girl in his closet so he was obviously nervous, he totally yeah. kept up with Lorelai's banter that entire time of giving Luke shit, mm-hmm. which was so good. And I think yeah. it reflects the the relationship between Luke and Jess, just that they are witty. They are both witty men mm-hmm. and they can keep up with Lorelai and Rory, technically, even though I don't find Rory as witty as Lorelai, of course, but I just like that little thing. And as they're walking out the door after Luke changes, she says, Jess had a girl in the closet, by the way. And he's like, what? What? He tries to go back. She's like, nope, we're late. We gotta go. <laughs> Pushes him out the door. <laughs> they get to the school and they're giving this talk. Actually, right before this, Lorelai finds a picture of him in track from when he was in high school and his nickname was Butch. She asks if his girlfriend's name is Sissy. My note is Luke's nickname in high school was Butch. Chalk that up to the positive column. That's a positive? Yes. So yeah, it comes through and she's like, Butch, ha ha ha. And I'm like, no, this is great. I love this. Yeah. And so they go in and Lorelai goes first and she is trying to keep it on topic of the inn, but she gets bombarded by these teenagers about being pregnant in high school and cannot get them to get off the topic, which if the mom was so taken aback, control your damn kids. Old girl was in the freaking room with her and saw that the kids couldn't talk about anything else. And then all she did was run her little bitch ass to the other PTA moms. With the shitty ass wigs. Yeah, she was like, I told them what you said in there. And I'm like, you were witness to the events, to the crimes that occurred in this room. It was your kids. It was your damn kids. You didn't try and help her out. If you were so appalled by what was 
was being said or being asked in that room been like, reminder kids, Miss Gilmore, Miss Lorelai is here to speak about business. The teacher, no one stepped in. And so Lorelai just gets overrun. And yeah, like you said, she goes and runs her mouth to the rest of the moms. And Lorelai, she says, listen, I wasn't telling them to do it. Yeah, it wasn't like I walked in there and started throwing condoms in the air, which I was like, isn't that the opposite of getting teenagers pregnant? But but the moms were like, you just basically did. She's like, fine, next time I'll bring a banana and we'll do show and tell. And the moms were just so taken aback. She insults their hair because they all go to the same crappy barber or beauty shop, which is true because they all look hideous. All of those wigs were terrible. Luke leaves her there because she's dying laughing about this whole scenario. Goes back. Yeah, she's holding her own. Yeah, she is. She doesn't need him. And he goes and he calls Jess out on hiding a girl in his closet. And Jess explains, listen, she jumped in there. She freaked out. I didn't put her in there. I don't care if you see us together. It's just, it, it was her, not me. And Luke's says, girl, you can't just treat girls like that. You treat her like crap. He's like, well, she treats me like crap too. So it's just a very symbiotic relationship. Luke tries to talk sense into him, but Jess isn't hearing it because he's just upset about Rory. He's just being a pouty little booty butt. That's what he being. Then on the flip side of town, Lane has been practicing with her band at the music store and they can't practice too loud because she's afraid her mom will come out and (laughs) bust them. And so the rest of the band members, specifically Zach, starts throwing a fit about it and says, well, you can't practice like this. We're going to find somewhere in Hartford and they leave. And so Lane is being told by Rory that she just needs to tell her mom that you have a band and you're going to Hartford to practice and just be honest with her and stand your ground. And so of course Lane can't do this because she's terrified of her mom. Her mom's in the kitchen filling out Jesus camp forms that are disguised as colleges. And it's like, if you met Jesus on the street, what would you ask him? Absurd. So she decides that how she's going to break away from her mother and be her own person is to dye her hair purple which girl we have all been there solidarity great plan so she and rory mix up a vat of apparently whipped cream bleach oh my god was i the only one dying laughing looking at that bleach and the application of the bleach i said oh god that bowl of quote bleach looks like whipped up egg whites (laughs) and as someone who bleaches and colors their own hair rory's application is painful to watch yes i was cringing and then whenever Lane runs off. Half of her hair isn't even in the bleach. Only <laughs> <laughs> the bottom half of her hair was still just like black. It was like a mullet. She had a bleached mullet. And Homegirl hadn't even really worked it to the root. It was on her head for 37 seconds. And yeah. she's like, it's burning so bad. And I'm like, if it had been five minutes and like I get it, like Virgin never bleached hair, like sometimes you can't be 37 seconds. It hasn't even acted. Then her applying the color was also painful because it was better than the bleach, but it was still It wasn't not the good. same color that it came out though. That was not the correct. It was like gray mud and it came out bright, vibrant purple. Yeah, that, that wig was so bad. It was. Like, it at least was cute, but it was so uh-huh. obvious. It was, I mean, obviously they're not gonna bleach and dye Kiko's hair. Yeah. But it was just like, this is a wig. Yes. And might I add, they got these supplies from Shane, who works at the beauty store. of course she does. In town. And whenever Lane hears her mom come in, because the thing was, her mom's gonna come in and see her hair and that's gonna be it. What else is she gonna do? Freaks out. Panics. Shoves Rory out the window of her second floor bedroom to go get black hair dye to fix her hair before her mom sees it. Which, as someone who also bleaches and dyes their hair, can you imagine putting that much work into that just to put black hair dye over it? Which would not have even taken because you just filled your hair with purple dye. She gets into a little tussle with Shane and says, you know, I'm trying to like get my stuff here and you're on the phone and this service is unacceptable. She goes full Karen on Shane. 
<laughs> and then they re-dyed Lane's hair and everything's good. Her mom doesn't find out, but she also can't go practice. So nothing is resolved here. Yeah, she just takes pride that she knows she has dyed hair. And a, one picture, one Polaroid. Well, even her black hair now is fake black. Yes, because Lorelai says, is your hair blacker? And here's the other thing I thought about. I was like, well, what happens when her roots grow out? Like there is going to be, I mean, her roots will still be black, but there is going to be like if the black fades a little bit. And I was like, no one thought this through. Maybe she doesn't pay attention to her kid enough to do that. She just cares if her kid's having premarital sex. No one on this show, not one person went to someone with colored hair and thought, let's ask some questions. It was 2002. Lane was ahead of her time. <laughs> she would have been living her best e-girl life if she was in 2020 or 2021. So that's about it. Episode five, eight o'clock at the Oasis. So Lorelai attends Emily's society auction oh. where she meets a very handsome man, freaking John Hamm. It was Don Draper. I lost my damn mind when I saw him. I was like, oh my God. She doesn't get his number. Or his name. <laughs> yeah, she talks to him for a few minutes at the bar and then he's like, I have a few more things to auction. And she's talking to Rory about it the next day and Rory's like, well, why don't you just ask grandma for his number? Blee, blee, blee. And yeah. because Lorelai's going through this whole thing where she's trying to call the auction house and she was like, he was paddle number 17 and here's the thing, we went to school together, but I don't know his name because we only called him by his nickname, which was Shamu. <laughs> she's like, he was uh, heavier then. And I need a blood transfusion and he's the only blood type. Yeah. We both have O negative. And here's the other thing. We also bought a lottery ticket, but we split it in half. And wouldn't you know it, it won. So I need the number of this guy I went to school with who also won the lottery with me and needs to give me blood. It was just a whole bunch of bullshit. And I was like, okay, if you're having to work this hard for it, probably not gonna be good. So at Friday night dinner, Rory kind of like serves the question. And <laughs> Lorelai's like, well, I'm gonna send you to military school so she can go join Tristan. And thus their love story was born. So yeah, Lorelai asks... Emily for the number. She's like, oh, you're talking about Peyton. And I was like, red flag number one. If his name is Peyton, run. Yeah. Actually, I know, I knew a guy in school. He was quite a bit younger than me. He was like teacher advisor's son. And he was always really sweet. Peyton was the sweetest. Peyton and his brother, Connor. Any other Peyton though, red flag. My cousin Jesse's gonna be like, yeah, Peyton was a cool guy. <laughs> so Emily gets the number for her and Lorelai calls him up and I think leaves him a message and Peyton calls her back. Yes. He asks her to a Bowie call concert which is in a week and then mm -hmm. he's like but a week seems like a really far like time like why don't we also go on a date tomorrow and the Bowie concert could be our second date she's like that's great like awesome like he's cute blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. plus it's Bowie like yeah they go on this first date and she comes back and she it basically it was like pulling teeth like going to the dentist without any numbing agent would have been more fun than this date with Peyton I said his face wasn't boring <laughs> just saying yeah it's a bowie concert well they didn't go to the bowie concert they, they do got, well she gets suckered <laughs> into going but the first date was not the bowie concert. i'm just saying but i mean a bowie concert's a bowie concert and his face ain't boring so i mean yeah um he talks about components of cars and how he finally made the decision to buy bigger tires and like the length of the pistons in the engine and all sorts of boring shit fascinating. Lorelai decides there's no way she can go to a Bowie concert. She can't spend another minute with this man. And it's going to have a lot of social consequences for Emily and thus Richard because of the Gilmore's interaction with Peyton's mother and their social circles. Who the hell cares? Emily does. This is her whole life. What kind of shit mother puts her social circle and standing ahead of her own child's happiness? Well, I know. I'm just saying. Emily has made social her social circle 
Beatles her whole life because yes, she's had nothing to do for 17 years now. That's not Lorelai's problem. She was raising a no. child. Her, her daughter does not want to go out with this man. This man does not make her happy. She shouldn't have to go out with that exactly. man. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'll give a frick about her social circles. Oh, I do have a note here about before she goes out with him the first time. When she's trying to ask for his number and she's like describing what he looked like and stuff, the camera pans over to Richard for like half of a second. And he's like taking a sip from his drink and he's kind of like giggling to himself. He's really amused that she's like floundering about trying to get this man's phone number. She's like, he was kind of cute, but you know, like he's kind of smart and witty and he's he's like... I just thought it was a key. I don't even know if that was a written Richard instruction or if that was just Ed Herman, like yeah. enjoying the scene. The banter. And it was just very cute. Oh. It just turns into a whole thing. Richard has a moment where he's a bad dad, but a fantastic husband because he calls Loreline, like, he's like, look, I'm having a golfing with this boring dude's dad because Emily doesn't want to lose her spot in the order that w- in which she receives tea. The I would have hung up on that man so fast it had made his head spin. He's like, look, Lorelai, you may not understand my wife's social world. I may not understand her social world but it's what makes her happy and that's what I'm gonna do damn it and he like hangs up on her basically like I said shit dad good husband and then the big B plot of this episode there's a new neighbor I already forgot his name Dwight Dwight approaches them at night when they're on their way back from Friday night dinner as she's checking the mail again it's night and he's like walking up through her yard and he's weird and he's like hey like I love this neighborhood I just moved across the way and do you know Babette I'm like obviously eh. he's like Babette's great and this isn't this and this isn't this and this isn't this and I had this grass and uh, it needs to be watered this many times a day and now I have to go on this business trip I was wondering if you could do me a favor and water my grass all you have to do is turn on the sprinklers two times a day 15 minutes turn it off and Lorelai's like okay sure I could do that Dwight he's like all right sure like come over now and I'll show you to do it she's like "Mm." he's like or we can do before I leave at 6 a.m she's like now is good (sighs) so they go over to his yard he gives her the whole spiel and she's like okay all right Dwight because he's giving her the life story about how he named his house the Oasis because his wife soon to be ex-wife is crazy and it's a whole thing Rory has to cover for Lorelai to go water the grass because Dwight's been watching the weather report and it's supposed to be extremely sunny so she goes over there she turns on the thing and can't get it to turn back off mm-hmm. so she and she's a turning on a, like a higher mode and she becomes drenched she's caught like she's paging Dean mm-hmm. Dean doesn't answer so she walks into town to look for Luke or Taylor and ends up running into Jess Jess is like no just show me and Jess goes back with her and the two of them are standing in this guy's front yard just drenched yeah they were having a very casual conversation about how's things. Things are good. Still gonna do the Harvard thing? Yeah. And then she gets a message on her pager that Dean finally saw her messages on his way to go fix it. And so Jess has to turn the water back on and dip. Dude, hold on. When I say this, your your cousin's name is Jessica, right? Jesse. My cousin Jesse is the Jess fan. Jesse, I'm talking to you right now, girl. (laughs) Did your heart stop like mine did when that boy was soaking wet in that long sleeve shirt? Because I almost lost my damn mind. Oh, I got goosebumps. So, yeah, that's pretty much that episode. Yeah, we find out that Dwight's wife is a psychopath and wants all of her board games back and he has his freaking living room dressed up like a tiki lounge. We find this out because Rory's inside because she has to water his African violets and this wife leaves a message and she says something to the effect of, you thought you could get away from me, but I found you I got this. You thought you could get away from me, Dwight, but I found you. I would have found you sooner if I gave a damn to try to find you in the first place. And by the way, I want all my board games back, you sorry waste of space absolutely insane certifiable batshit episode six 
take the deviled eggs. Tanner watched the ending of this show or this episode with me and I said this is why I can never reproduce because I would be this bad of an influence as a mom. Rory gets an invite to Sherry's baby shower which kind of catches Lorelai off guard. She thinks that Sherry doesn't know that they've been on the outs but Rory may or may not have talked to Christopher so Sherry probably thinks that things are smoothed over. Her baby shower is coming up in Boston and so Lorelai offers to chauffeur Rory up there if she would like to go which she does. When she gets there though Sherry ends up dragging her inside because she doesn't have any of her, her friends who are moms. She would love Lorelai to be there. I genuinely do think she wanted Lorelai to be there. Kind of weird. I don't know. I don't feel like Sherry knows how to handle Lorelai but I don't feel like she absolutely hates Lorelai at this point but I can't tell. I honestly can't tell. Friends close, enemies closer? Don't know. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say I could, I had a note that just said I couldn't imagine a worse way to spend an afternoon than this lady's baby shower even if sh- this wasn't my ex's baby. Yeah, absolutely. It's a bunch of rich ladies who are very pretentious. And then there's Rory and Lorelai. So it's very stark in comparison. They're not giving her pink presents. They're giving her green presents, which I'm all on board for that. I think green's a better color anyway, but. The thing that hurt my brain though, it, I mean, and I get that times have changed in the last 18 or so year, whatever year this was when it came out. It wasn't even just, oh, we're doing green to be more gender neutral. It was, we're doing green because green's the new pink. Yeah. Gag me the spoon. Right. So everyone there is getting shwasted except for Lorelai, Rory, and <laughs> Sherry. Lorelai has a breakdown in the bathroom where she's rearranging Sherry's perfectly organized medicine cabinets and Rory barges in and says, what the hell are you doing? Lorelai's tilting the paintings on the walls, just absolutely losing her mind. The reason she's doing this is because Sherry had invited Rory to come visit because Harvard's only like 2.7 miles away from her house and and she could stay there on the weekends that she's not with Lorelai. And this really sets Lorelai off that she feels like Christopher and Sherry are trying to take Rory away from her, I think. And Rory reassures her and says, there's no way that's going to happen. You're my mom. You're my bestie. We're ride or dies. That's how it's going to be. Or until that season that I decide I'm mad at you. It's coming. <laughs> but you know who is there for her? Logan. Mm-hmm. With that expensive ass handbag. We'll get there. We find out at a town meeting that Miss Patty has a new boyfriend named Jesus. It's the talk of the town. He's a smixy little man. He's out here partying, looking fine, and Miss Patty and him are looking cute. That's all you need to know. So then Jess comes rolling into town with his new car, and Luke is sus as hell. The whole town is like, who let this boy behind a wheel? Which we can't get over this still, really, at this point. We really can't move forward. Okay. And Luke is paranoid about where Jess got the money to buy this car. This is the episode where Kirk says, man, I wish my mom would let me have a set of wheels like that. And so this whole episode is Luke trying to figure out where the hell Jess got the money to buy this car from Gypsy. And Gypsy says he paid cash for it. I don't ask questions. Do you ask questions when someone comes into your store paying cash? Luke goes, okay, but when he gave you the money, when he like pulled the money out of whatever he was using to carry, did a gun and mask fall out? She's like, no, but he did have a, <laughs> he did have a canvas bag with dollar sign painted on it. Like, <laughs> just going back and forth about he's apparently robbing. It, it was just funny. Gypsy's so fast and yeah. so whippy. Like, the lead into what you're about to say, like, I just love Gypsy. So she brings so much to the show. Yeah, she does. And the whole time they're having this conversation, she's reading Jackson for filth because he's ground his, as she said, ground it to, he found it um on his transmission he's jacked his brakes up and the whole time she says "Mm, you just bought me a trip to florida you just bought me a new couch (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, you're paying my utility bill. And he's like, do you want me to write the check to you or to him? Like, what would make it easier? It was Cable Bill. Cable. Yeah. Oh, it was so, so good. But then finally, Luke and Jess hash it out. And come to find out, Jess has actually been working 12-hour shifts out at Walmart, which takes Luke by complete surprise. Oh, and Luke can't stop making now, fun of him. Um, I'm sorry, did you like blah, 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 something, something about the stock boy or something? I don't know. It's a whole thing. When Lorelai and Rory are driving home, apparently they got sent home with deviled eggs. They're both bummed about the baby shower situation. It was just a lot to handle because everyone was so trashed and they're both feeling down. So you know what the great idea that they come up with is? Let's egg Jess's new car but not just egg it we're gonna devil egg it yeah i like how the idea didn't come to lorelei at all rory's like we should egg his car yeah. she goes well taylor's is closed and we don't have eggs at home i'm like honey girl you were just talking about these deviled eggs mm-hmm. not 10 minutes ago and so they egg jess's car and then lorelei is sitting there saying did you hear a siren and rory's like no and she says yeah i know but i thought it would be fun to say and she's like yeah it made it sound so cool and so then they scamper off like they're in trouble and she's gonna try to peel out and her jeep but she can't get it to peel out so they make the (laughs) noises um and the next day when jess comes out to find this car is okay so he says someone egged my car and he says oh someone deviled egged your car they must be really mad at you He's like, what do you mean? Someone cooked and prepared eggs to do this? And he's like, that's what it smells like, man. That's definitely paprika. Someone must really hate you. (laughs) Just the way he said it's so plain. Also throughout this, there was going to be a protest in Stars Hollow and amounted to nothing. I'm just going to say that it was a bunch of Taylor popping a blood vessel. Taylor wouldn't let him have the protest in the town square. Mm -hmm. So the town loaner approached the reverend and rabbi who share a church building. Yeah. And they agreed he could do the protest there as long as it wasn't anything profane. Taylor, the reverend, and the rabbi are hashing it out in Luke's. And basically this reverend and rabbi could be a comedy duo. Mm -hmm. They're cracking jokes. They're roasting Taylor to his face. Taylor's like, I am a member of your church. And the reverend's like, like, you come in, you sing a song, and you put a dollar in the offering plate. You know, and he's like, that's my weekly blah, blah, blah. And he's like, fine, don't bring it. Like, I don't care. And also, this is against God or something like that. And he's like, did you hear this? Taylor's got a direct line to God. I've been serving this man for 20 something years and I haven't even gotten a card. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, can you tell us what he looks like? Is he tall? And yeah. he's like, asking all sorts of questions. He says something about how he's not afraid of the bubbies yeah. at the Jewish congregation. Uh. And he's like, maybe I'll convert. And the reverend asks the rabbi if he wants some. And he's like, after the bubbies comment? No. <laughs> <laughs> It was great. Just back and forth. I love those two together. They don't come in very often, but when they do, they're clutch every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I very quickly made a note that when the camera kind of pans out to the freshly deviled egged car, I mean, we don't know how much time has passed, but it was shortly after to our view of when Jess stormed out of Luke's after having the argument that he works at Walmart. Not the argument, but the revelation that he works at Walmart. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, I wish the camera would have panned over to the back sleep to reveal a sleeping Jess. <laughs> like imagine he was so pissed at Luke, he was going to sleep in his Carney wakes up to the sound of his car getting egged. <laughs> That'd been so funny. I'd have died. Absolutely. I'm like, died. this is why I need to write TV, but. Right. Last episode. 
episode, episode seven, they shoot Gilmore's, don't they? My very first note off the top. So Lorelai is determined to win the Stars Hollow Dance Marathon. It's an annual marathon. And my note is, wow, the never mentioned before or ever again annual dance competition. But wouldn't that have been a cool tradition? It would have been cool. Even if Lorelai just said it in passing, like, oh, the dance competition's this weekend. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I just feel like they put so much work to be like, this is the annual and then they never bring it up ever again. It's like, Mm -hmm. just say it's happening this year for the first time. Like, that's okay. Yeah. Relax. But yeah, we find out that Lorelai is determined to win because Kirk has won the last four years in a row and she really wants to take the trophy from him because when he wins, he runs around the gym with the Rocky theme playing. Yeah, he does. And she really wants to knock him down a peg. She really wants to win Even this though year. this is the only thing, and even Rory brings this up, this is the only thing this man has in his life. His mom doesn't even let him have his own key. Yeah. And Lorelai says, man, I just want to see the look on his face when he falls. She lines up a partner. She's so giddy that she's got a partner because he's a retired river dancer. And then this guy's wife finds out that she's actually hot and not doesn't have like a hunchback and thinks that if they're trying to dance together that she wants to sleep with her husband, calls the whole thing off. And so Lorelai gets the bright idea that she's going to rope Rory into being her partner. Mm-hmm. And she knows that Rory won't give up for pie like her partner did the last year. And she won't fall asleep on her because she knows how important this is to her. And it's just the whole thing. Dean comes out to this dance marathon to sit on the sidelines and cheer on the Gilmores. Shortly after, they are joined by Jess and Shane, who are mm-hmm. there basically. Shane's going along with everything Jess wants, and Jess is there to just torment Rory. He really wants to rub this relationship in her face. He wants to make tension between mm-hmm. Rory and Dean, and boy, does he freaking get what he wants. Every now and then, they'll keep making out while Rory's an eyesight of them, but let's get into this actual dance marathon. First of all, it starts at, like, the buck crack of dawn. Yeah, it does. So everyone's dressed and like their hair done to, like, the 40s. They all look real cute. My favorite, personally, was Suki's. Yes! Like, her hair, her makeup. Her outfit. Her outfit. Everything was 10 out of 10. Rory's was good, too. I'll give her that. So they get there really early. They have to sign in, and Babette's hosting the registration table, and then they have to go get physicals or examined to make sure they're physically able to do this dance. Sign a waiver. (laughs) Yes, sign a waiver. And we find out that Lane is there manning the sandwich station that she and her mother are serving eggless egg salad sandwiches. Yep. As well as brochures on how dancing ensures you a ticket to to hell. Love that. Drink that in. Love that. Before the marathon can start, Taylor, of course, who's manning the whole thing, gives out a huge long list of complicated rules of how you have to be on the floor. And if you have to leave for an emergency, your partner has to hold a card and this and this and there will be a break time and blah, blah, blah. And eventually there is a break. But before the break starts, you have to run around the gym. Everyone is running around the gym. Mm-hmm. Like a couple of laps around this gym. Because whoever is the last five get disqualified. Across the yellow line. Yeah, immediately get disqualified. It's so stupid. Like, I'm like, Lorelai wouldn't have actually ever really signed up for this. She hates exercise. But she is very competitive. That'll make you do some I mean, dumb stuff. Trust me. Yeah, it, it was crazy. I hate sports. You bet your ass I was signed up for every sport at church camp just to beat the people into the ground. That's how I tore my shin muscle thing. Sometime throughout the night. It's been a very, very long time. Also, I'd like to point out that apparently no one in Stars Hollow has insomnia because they're all like falling over like they've been awake for weeks and I'm like 24 hours is nothing baby. I get it's dramatized for a television show but come on. <laughs> During their break you see Jess and Shane are in line for these sandwiches and Rory's talking to him and telling him you know the sandwiches are only for the competitors and he's like well I live here I can have these and it's just a back and forth thing and then the he wraps his arm around Shane and Dean shows up and Dean's like you don't want to make a comment to me and Rory wraps her arm around Dean and it's very obvious that she's trying to 
be showy of like, well, I have Dean. I don't need you. Mm-hmm. And Dean's finally waking the hell up and seeing all of this laid out in front of him. Mm-hmm. And after the break, at some point, Rory and Lorelai are dancing. And basically, Lorelai's just holding Rory up as Rory's like trying not to fall asleep on her shoulder. And Lorelai's heel breaks. So she has to hold up her yellow card, whistles Dean onto the floor to hold Rory up. And she runs over to, to Luke. As Luke is repairing her heel, Rory is going on and on and on and on and on about how stupid it is that Jess is there. Jess is only there to dormant her. Jess is only there to, you know, stare at her and this, this, and this. And I can't believe he's here with Shane. And Dean just dumps her ass. Snap. He's yelling at her in front of everybody about how he's been so stupid this whole time. Obviously, Rory's been into Jess since he moved into town and Jess has been into her this whole time too. And he's like, I've been lying to myself for weeks, if not months, like just thinking this was nothing. And obviously it is. Mm -hmm. If what you two want is to be together, then I'm not standing in your way anymore. And he storms out of there and Rory just kind of stands there for a moment and she runs out. Jess follows her and finds her sitting on the bridge and first he says that Dean's a jerk for yelling at her like that which yes again listen to our last episode we already covered that. Yes because he was he didn't need to dump her right in front of everybody like that. No. Jess is right he's a big old jerk. And then he's like you guys are really done like you're really broken up and she says yes and then she's like you know he was right Mm -hmm. and Jess doesn't say anything at first she's like well he was at least right about me and Jess is like no you know he was right about both of it. Mm -hmm. Confirming that they both like each other and then that's when he confirms like you're done done right and she's like yeah we're done he's like then i have to go take care of something and he like walks off to go obviously break up with shane Mm -hmm. and then the episode ends with rory and lorelei joining each other on the dance floor as kirk wins and runs around holding that damn trophy running around holding it to the rocky thing my god that man yeah while lorelei and rory are like crying in the middle of the dance floor Mm -hmm. kirk's living his best life gonna go beat his mom with that trophy a very very quick note before the competition Taylor convinces Luke to serve coffee to the dancers which of course he did but at the beginning of the competition he's there like brewing it and the coffee's not ready yet and Lorelai and Rory the whole time like while they've been in line they're like I want coffee I want coffee I want coffee and she's like well get inside we'll get you coffee girl so they walk up to Luke's table and Luke's like it's not ready and she's like but it's 6am we need coffee now he's like you didn't get this for me and he reaches under the table and pulls out a Mm -hmm. secret stash of coffee that man thought ahead yeah he did he loves his girls yeah so I was like this man is out here bringing secret coffee to Gilmore's my favorite thing was when Taylor was trying to convince him to give free coffee at the dance and he says fine I'll sell it for a dollar a cup and he's like this is for charity and so then Luke says fine 50 cents a cup and Taylor says man if Tiny Tim came up to you on his crutch you'd trip him he says well if he wanted free coffee Gimpy's going down <laughs> I died. I lost it. They are finally writing better lines for Luke because they know where they're gearing for him. Mm-hmm. Like, not this season, but very, very close. So, not that Luke couldn't already keep up with Lorelai, but they're having to ramp that up mm-hmm. to make sense for what's coming. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's a perfect segue because what I was going to talk about at the top but decided to wait is, did you get the scent, like the whiplash effect of these episodes of everything was great with Rory and Dean? And then the very next episode, Dean would be like, well, where, what, what, what happens to us when we go to when you go to college yeah i was and then she's also like really nasty to jess and in the next episode she and jess like have tension mm-hmm. And the next episode is back with the, like it was all over the place and I didn't feel like it was a cohesive unit of these two are having problems and these two are flirting on the side. It mm-hmm. was all up and down all over the place. Yeah. Because I remember whenever Dean asked that I was standing there going what the 
frick is he talking about? Where did this come from? She just got home. Chill. <laughs> if they would have given us even like 2% of context. Dean's of, been worrying about this. Or Dean's father had a conversation with him. Or a guidance counselor said something like, what are your plans for after school? And we see that he's thinking about the huh? future. Or someone brought it up to him. Because we all know Dean's brain is not thicker than a two before. So, you know, it's just. <laughs> True. He doesn't think of the future. And then all of a sudden he had the forethought to be like, what happens when you go to Harvard? Mm-hmm. Maybe he just because he's finally realizing it's real, but it, I agree it was kind of whiplashy. It, it just felt like a bad game of pinball where she was bouncing back and forth. It just didn't feel, even within this episode, while he's dancing with her, he's like, no, this is really nice. Like, this dancing isn't too bad. And it mm-hmm. just seemed like a very sweet moment between these two. Not 10 minutes later, he's dumping her ass in the middle of the floor. Dump her ass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was just like, it was all over the place. And I just, for a show where the writing is so good and so on point almost all of the time these last seven episodes when you watch them like this i mean you and i both watch them all day long today so you really get that full effect of what the hell is going on here Mm -hmm. yeah it was intense but i'm glad dean is being ushered out for now for now he comes back just like a bad zit just like a bum knee always comes back always comes back also within this episode we see that jamie the princeton boy shows up Mm -hmm. at chilton yeah he does and he tells paris that he hadn't contacted her because he thought he didn't need any distractions but that him saying that he didn't need a distraction didn't work out because he almost failed or he did fail a class because he couldn't stop thinking or he failed a pop quiz yes because he couldn't stop thinking about her. So he showed up to Hartford because he wanted to see her and he wanted to take her on a date. And now Paris is all smitten with this Jamie kid. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was cute. But yeah, Dean's on his way out. Jess is on his way in. Yes. Praise the Lord. We're this much closer to Logan. I liked most of the episodes overall. Hated Christopher, hated Dean, hated the ping pong Rory situation, but I think Luke is much more well-written, and then also Lorelai is just kind of stealing the show right now. I wish she would draw some boundaries, but... Yeah, and like I said at the top of the episode, oh no, these seven went by really fast and I really want to keep watching. I feel like season three is where it starts to, like, really pick up and, like, get good, good so... But I'm glad that Jess is finally going to be the boy for a little bit, so it's going to be great! If you like what you heard, remember to leave us a review on Apple or tell your friends about us and especially those pals that love coffee and Gilmore Girls. You can also follow us on Bitch Watch Pod on any social media that you may have except for Facebook because that's for boomers. Um, You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at bean.buttrito for Twitter. Drop the dot and witsy. My Twitter is ec underscore witsy w-h-i-t-z-y and my Instagram is witsy12. So remember to make good choices. Dump your Dean before he dumps you. Or don't and be smart about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm saying. See, that one works. All right, bye. Okay, bye. (laughs) Two bitches, yeah. Two bitches, two bitches just watching TV. (laughs) Bitch.